fun fact about Claire Hooper. One day when she was wearing an adorable outfit, think wide leg overalls with open toe clogs, realised she was running late. So she needed to get somewhere super fast, started gaining speed as she saw the little green man fading away. She ran, ran, ran for the road as she was running. Her little foot got caught in the opposite leg pantaloon and she went flying down the pavement like Superman and ripped her jeans. And instead of just standing up and waving to the people she stood up and scurried away like a little gremlin <laughs> into an alleyway <laughs> well, you know what i just need to do i mean um i love i love the fall recovery so much like oh, i yeah. love the different personalities of fall recovery but it was really big like community service tip <laughs> wide leg pants um, and a shoe with your toes out is a real, it's treacherous because you can catch a big toe in the opposite pant leg and hobble yourself and it's like such a sudden change of direction. The, the best detail in the story that you told was that you're flexing your Yeah, you've got to flex to your toes to keep, if you are running in an open toe clog, you've got to flex your toes to keep it from slipping off and like flying into traffic, right? Is this a daily process for you leave the house and like, how do I flex my foot today? No, no, well, look, obviously now as a sensible lady, I wear closed toe shoes no matter the weather (laughs) not interested in like setting myself up for a toe pant catch no not even in amsterdam but absolutely most of them come back what clogs well i mean in amsterdam it's a closed toe clog (laughs) it's a classic clog instead of a like fancy aussie clog anyway Normally I like to like fall over and then just be really gracious about like, I'm fine, everyone, like, which my favourite is the I'm fine. <laughs> which is, you, it's always, oh, my God, I stacked it so bad in an airport once. You know, like I was, I was walking too fast, rolling my little suitcase. The floor was slippery. My shoes were slippery. I sprained my ankle so oh bad. And sometimes when you're really in pain, like in front of everyone too, because I've been showing them how to exit a plane quickly. You know, I was really yeah. like trot, so trot, 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 slipped over, sprained my ankle so badly. And, and so you know how you just want to be like, ah, fine. All I could say because I was in so much pain was, I fell over. Like, you know, <laughs> like that's, are you okay? And you can't even reassure them. You're like, ah, I fell over. Um, anyway. <laughs> it would have uh, been so gratifying because, you know, when people stand up really quickly and they're like they get into the aisle and oh, they try to get their stuff yeah. off and to see someone fall over would just feel so good. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't push ahead in that scenario. Everyone takes their turn. But, you know, once I hit the shiny floor bit of the airport, I was definitely trotting like a little piggy businesswoman. <laughs> Slopped over. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I haven't never. Oh, so good. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us all tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. We're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the gut. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Claire Hooper. Claire. She's back. Claire Hooper's back. Yeah. Guess, guess which one out of the comedian and the human rights lawyer knows that script? 
one of them still raining. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I know. And do you know for a while there when I was in Brisbane, because it says on it, I don't know why, it said for a long time that Melbourne comedian, I was even in Brisbane, I was reading Melbourne comedian. And Claire's like, fuck, you just got to get this right. And I was like, Claire, stop bossing me around. <laughs> the best, every, every week one word is a little bit wrong. I know. Term your stomach. Term, term it. your stomach. Term it. <laughs> do it. Term it good. I will let term your stomach. Yes, I know. And I'm reading it. I know. It says a lot for my literacy skills. Today we've got a really big episode. I'm really glad that you're here with us, Claire Hooper. We are talking about a couple of things. One thing we are talking about, friendship. Do we need it? Is there a, is there a cap on friends? What is going on there as adults? And the other thing we're going to talk about is volunteering at school. Should we have to do it? Should we want to do it? And what happens if we don't? Does that sound right, Claire, that if I fucked that? That sounds $100 right. But before we kick off, you both have a show. We're a couple of weeks out from the Melbourne Comedy Festival and both of you have shows coming up. Oh, my gosh, that's so nice of you. You didn't even make us earn it with good chat. I, We're just I allowed didn't. to. I've never done this before. I don't know what She's I'm doing. doing. Really I just good. launched right in. I feel it's <laughs> like so people can it. Take it off. I love it. <laughs> no, normally, I mean, normally you go on a podcast and you got to, like, make oh, heaps of good jokes and then at the it. end if you've earned your keep, then it's mm. like, all right, tell people about the show now that they've turned off the podcast. Yeah, okay, great. Because <laughs> I feel like you should know, Claire and I don't know what we're doing. No idea. No, I love it so much. Thank you. I think this is a much... I think this is a much more generous way to let people plug in. Yes, I do have a show. You Shush, do. Bron, don't you tell them about yours. <laughs> no, I've got a show called A Sweet Charity oh, and I'm only doing the first 10 nights of Comedy Festival, which is risky because a lot of people don't realise it's on until the third week. We'll see how I go. No, I don't think so. I think that I reckon people get excited about it at the start and this is, I don't have far less experience with this than you, but I think people are excited about the start and by the end they're like, I'm sick of laughing. I... Okay. That's what I think. Laughing is hard. I I went to a a comedy thing yesterday, like a fundraiser, and it was for three hours and I I left like halfway through. I'm sorry. Run out of love. It's a long time. Who put a three hour comedy show on? It was was a fundraising one. Yeah, but that's no excuse. That's no excuse. I think it was for cancer. No, I know. Great. Is that an excuse? Absolutely. No. No, There's no cure. There's no cure for long gigs. Or cancer, Claire. <laughs> Nothing. So, uh, but did you laugh for the first bit? I did. I just ran out. I've run and, and out things before. Just stopped. Even I knew. Yeah, I knew ran like out. I knew intellectually they were funny, but I just ran out of laughs, and so I left. That's a sad, sad it's story. A sad Claire. Story. It's a real shame. <laughs> you know, it's a real shame because they probably have convinced all the performers to do it for free, and then they've yeah. they've had this luxury of too many performers, yeah. and it's like, no, 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 just save some of those good ones for next time mm. because you're wasting people's time making them perform for free for a fundraiser and you're also kind of ruining everyone's like charitable spirit because mm. they're so exhausted by the end they're if you just give them just enough comedy yeah. then they're all like on a high and they're like take a thousand dollars you know i just anyway I just, I just don't think cancer's that funny anymore after that experience yeah i know yeah, wow. ruin the joke guys <laughs> i can't believe it but hoops you've got your show sweet charity the first 10 days so that means it kicks off on the 30th kicks off on the 30th yeah. of march that so Thursday finishes Sunday the 9th of April and it's at the perfectly civil hour for 6.15pm oh, in the so city. Nice. What a treat so straight from work. And then actually genuinely you can be home in time for dinner. What oh a my treat. God, so nice. Where is it? 
at the Mantra One. Oh, that's good. That's not where I am, is it? No, you're no, in the Western. Yeah, I know, but I'm different hotels. Say, but okay, I still you're at a cool hotel. That's great, Mantra One. <laughs> you're at an even cooler hotel. Hey, the hey, Western is hey, a super cool hotel. Yeah, but um, in your show, I know that you are going to be talking about the volunteering aspect. Yeah, of we school, will which get is to very that, exciting. Yeah. And you've you already did it in Adelaide. No, no, you've breezed over your own plug now. No. No, You've, all right. Oh, come but on, I reckon. Uh, I've seen Bronze show a couple of times and it's so brilliant. No, oh, it's so brilliant because there was a real like you did such a good first show that there was like no, I didn't. Yes, your no, first God ever. Bless you, no, I, I mean, well, yes, you did, but also I mean, yep. Last year's oh, you mean show, that. you oh, wrote yeah. a that first okay, show yeah. and then you've turned it around and you come back and you haven't had second album syndrome. You've just, like, you've come out even stronger. You've got an even better mm-hmm. show. It's amazing. Thanks well so done. much. Thank you. You worked really hard on the shows. I did, I did, I did. Well, I've got a really good director. It's Claire Hooper is my <laughs> director. <laughs> It's just really as um, if you took any of my advice. You were yes, I did. Yes, you, you did. did. I'm I went with all my jokes to Hoop's house the other like about a week before I went to Adelaide, and I just had dot points of jokes. I offered them to her like she was a baby bird, and I was holding no pectoral. I said, "Well, how do I fix it?" <laughs> These are my jokes. Which order? And she was like, these are the orders. This is the order it goes in. And she reshuffled the whole thing and it makes far more sense now. But, yes, I'm doing my show, which is at a less good time. It's at 7.40. No, that's also Do you know what you could do is you could go to your show and then if you want to skip dinner. I've genuinely recommended that really? to so many people. It's a tidy half hour and you you can you can duck through Chinatown, grab something in a paper bag to eat on the way. Great. Or put a muesli bar in your bag. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a nice I finish mine at seven fifteen, race over Perfect. to yours for seven forty. Could it be better, Claire Marshall? It could not. I'm gonna eat ten fillet of fishes in that half hour. Yeah. Just one after another. I want mm. you to vomit in my show. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> vomit I show have. Show. <laughs> I discussed <laughs> the fillet of fish in my show. <laughs> oh, my God. I have fillet of fish content. Wow. It is yes! the best burger that there is. And yet it is, as I argue, the best way to test the temperature of the workplace culture inside that Macca's. Isn't it? When you water a fillet of fish and it comes out buns askew, fished up to the top, sauce coming out of there. But have you you ever, tell me this, have you ever had one that is arranged correctly? No, they're always kind of smeared. They hate you. I just my fingers down the burger, just not kindly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the sauce is never in the middle. No. It's never in the middle. None of the bits oh, are ever in the middle. Never. Put chips in. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Bit of tartare for the chippies. Exactly. Well, why why is the cheese hanging out then? Yeah, exactly. It's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Oh, my God, I did not know you worked at McDonald's. Pata lawyer, pata McDonald's lady, full-time <laughs> critic. Okay, good. Well, that's very exciting. Um, I do. I, I, I've heard such good things about your show, Claire, and I'm really excited to see Have it. Have you? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Everyone that's said nice. great things about your show. They always, always do. Mm-hmm. I did. I don't think that's true. She I didn't see yes, it. Yes, I do. What? Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> I'll say a nice thing after cool. I see it. All right, but also don't feel obliged, Claire Marshall. Just run off, get your fillet of fishes, and then continue on to bronze show. It's a cool. It's a good idea. It is I've a ac- good idea. I've actually banned Claire Marshall from my show. Oh, true? Yep. Oh. Oh, this is really funny. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. I used to. But you banned her from an opening night or? No. She she's allowed to I'm come. Coming to, to, I'm coming to opening night. She yes. can come to opening night. No, I, I did used get banned to. for a while. Yeah. Do you remember that when I banned yeah, Claire Marshall from that. my shows? And it's fair enough too because yeah. um, 
Claire cares too much <laughs> she, for you. Too she much. Cares. she doesn't she doesn't understand that you're happy to die up there. Yeah. And you don't need her to tell you you did good if you died. Oh my god, it was so She's sweet. Too nice. <laughs> too nice. You too much that. nice energy. This is why I don't go to stand up comedy unless yeah. it's my friends because I find it so but I find it really awful when people bomb i just find but it don't, excruciating but you i do, wonder if it's like when i watch boxing because that's how i feel when i watch boxing i'm like how we each other and i wonder if you feel like that yeah. whereas the, for the people involved they're like full of the they're full of the happy frenzy oh. which is what it's like for stands up stand-ups as well like even when it's going a little bit bad it feels mm. like surfing a wave you're like <laughs> yes this is, you're like, well, this is what it's meant to feel like yeah is that why in my shows you stand up and yell out hands to yourself <laughs> It's not boxing, Claire. It's relaxed. Loud. Yeah. But yeah, you have been emotional. welcome back to my show. I'm shows. allowed to return. You have. To and return. you came to one of my shows not so long ago and you didn't have the worst time, did you? Did I? Yeah. You left halfway through because your daughter was having a... Oh, my was that, was she wasn't. Dick to the baby no, Frida no, wasn't did. being a dick. That was an excuse. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, <laughs> I've just put it back together. You left halfway because have you had that thing on, right? <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, but no, my daughter and the babysitter is a, a classic. Dick. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well done. Well, I can't believe I asked you to come. To <laughs> I've already booked Claire into my show and I'm going right. to... I feel terrible now. You don't have to come. I'm just going to smoke heaps of weed beforehand. I won't feel a thing. I'm joking. You guys are very professional. You're both very good I, I won't I'm not worried about my emotional well-being because you'll be good it's not like yeah. seeing somebody where I'm like I'm walking into something very very upsetting to watch oh my love it's the sweetest like it's it's you're a better person than the rest of us no because we it doesn't have hurt very us good much. emotional regulation <laughs> it's not healthy I love a bomb. I love watching someone bomb it's beautiful someone who not like a new person bomb that's bad but I love watching someone who's usually really good bomb hmm. because I know that they know what's happening and I love it not you you'd be you, I wouldn't want to watch you bomb hoops. wouldn't you why not because I love you I feel offended that you don't want to watch the other yeah, all right no, cool, I love cool, cool. you but okay. watching like you know say and I really like Nick Cody, but he's very good. Oh, to watch. If you could watch see Nick bomb. Cody bomb, it would be oh a God, delight, gorgeous. wouldn't it? Love yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think you'd enjoy it as much, no. Claire Marshall. I don't think I'm getting upset just thinking about it. I don't know who he is. <laughs> he's one of the greats. He's oh, one of the greats. He's, he's a good man. He is a, a new friend of mine and friends are all we need. Or are they? We don't know. How do you navigate your friendships hoops because there's been a study that have, has come out which um, has discussed uh, what is the problems when you don't have an, uh, heaps of friends or is it okay to not have very many friends or is where in our life do we start kind of culling them and and is it okay to cull your mates? Yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting though, isn't it? Because it's like this whole study about it and people have found that, you know, like loneliness is so unhealthy for you. You know, it's like, um, you know, smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day. That's the yeah. damaging effects of on your health, but I'm like, how do you measure mm. loneliness? Mm. Is that just a survey where you say, are you lonely? Mm. And then do a longitudinal study about because because then I don't I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a it must be awfully hard to set the parameters of these studies. And this idea that it's like, how many friends should you have? Well, how do you define a friend, right? Mm. I mean, I because I, I feel like I've got some really dear close friends then I reflect on those relationships and, like, for example, one of the people that I think of as one of my best friends lives in Adelaide. Mm. So I'm I'm genuinely seeing her 
three times a year is that so so do I get to because I I treasure her do I get to call her one of my best friends or is that just like does this have to be are we talking about people we see regularly because if so so, maybe I don't have that many friends no I think it um well we're in the room right now (laughs) so rude (laughs) but uh, I think you can I absolutely think you can classify someone you don't see very often as one of your dearest friends yeah someone that you don't even speak too all that often. I've got a really great friend of mine. I have not seen her for I reckon three years, and I don't even speak uh, to her very often. Even no, we're both anymore. really good correspondents, you and I, aren't we? Yeah. We love to <laughs> answer our friends' messages. Yeah, I'm dreadful. I'm dreadful. I'm the worst. But it, but I still consider her one of my closest friends. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it though? But then you know, for the purposes of the study, a bit. <laughs> I did a spit, yeah. and that's fine because I'm among respectful. friends. <laughs> My friends don't mind the, the, the spit. Um, when you are looking at the study and the study's like these are the health benefits of having friends, mm. if you love that person but haven't seen them for three years, are you genuinely getting any medicinal benefit from that friend? Do you, you know what I mean? I think it's nice for me like to have, I think it's nice for me to just know that she's there yeah. and to be like if I wanted to hang out with someone right now, she might also want to hang out with me. Yeah. Mm. But neither of us have time, so we just probably ha- keep that little acorn at the back of our heads for mm. comfort. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I um I don't I don't know. I, I know that Claire you have Claire Marshall you have very different uh feelings towards friendship than I I think I have. Mm. Um, do you how tell me what like what's the difference in your attitudes I don't think it's an attitude thing I think it's a I think it's religion mm. (laughs) like you are you (laughs) God defines friendship friendship (laughs) is God (laughs) yes Claire (laughs) cancelled what were you saying oops You asked. No. no. So it, I think that it's was a, the spookiest you asked I've ever heard. No, but, but for you, like, like the maintenance of that friendship is crucial. Like, no, not so. No, I think I think it's more for us. The difference is is time and maybe maybe even importance. Like, I think it's just you know like categorizing your life and you know the, the spare time you have and how you want to use it. But I also think it's a pandemic thing. Like, we mm. all just merrily pretend it didn't happen in Melbourne, which is very odd. Like, and I think the the consequence of that much time spent alone in isolation has put a higher import on the relationships that you have and the kind of, I guess, the the closeness of people, whether that's kind of, you know, not necessarily, you know, distance, but, you know, just how close you feel and connected you feel. Because that, that particular study was conducted at the end of the pandemic and it was looking at people's perceptions of isolation and community and connectedness after a period when we were limited in terms of proximity being the mm. measure of those things and um it found that the more the more friends you have the more the less likely you are to have that kind of isolation but the quality of those friendships really mattered but that's really really subjective yeah you know, like i like i have a friends who i've known since i was 13 just once <laughs> <laughs> and it's up there <laughs> no, I, have, I have a dear friend who i've been friends with since i was 13 and she lives in darwin and we talk very very regularly but i think Whenever we do, you talk up. on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Claire does that. Yeah, oh, I feel. I feel Oops. like when you were describing watching stand-up comedy, I'm just imagining yeah. talking to someone on the phone. <laughs> I'm feeling true. a bit nauseous. Yeah, yeah I can't Hoops, imagine. Sometimes Hoops would like message me when I was in Melbourne, like Brisbane and be like, "Oh, I was like debriefing about something," and she was like, "Okay, did you 
do you want me to call you? Are you happy to keep texting? I'm like, oh, my God, absolutely happy to keep texting. The hoops is like, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. Whew. I'm going to love a phone chat. Yeah, good. pandemic, it's nice. Yeah, no, I totally agree. What's I don't know what's wrong with me. No, because <laughs> once it hoops, you reckon once it starts, you're like, oh, okay, this is fine and normal. Or yeah, do you it's hate fine every once second? You get into yeah, it. build up. But I do get very, like, I do pace. A lot. Oh, yes. Mm. Wade talks on the phone. I really need to get back. I mean, I cut you off mid-flow, Marshall. Um, Yeah, Wade talks on the phone a fair bit, Mm. but he goes outside and he walks around the car in circles the whole time. That sounds horrible. Kicking dog poos out of the way. Yes, yeah, he is. What and yeah, he'll have the he'll have the um, phone nestled in the crook of his shoulder, and he'll get a shovel and he'll be flicking dog poos in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> what anyway, yeah. So you got to make in Darwin. So, regular phone calls means you are yeah, having regular contact, absolutely. but it's not that regular. It's like every few months, and but we'll pick up where we left off. There's no yeah. like awkward kind of start. There's just like oh, we dive back into that level of intimacy. There's no like. You know, I think that's, you know, thinking about your maiden Adelaide and, and your mate who you haven't seen yeah. for a few years. She lives in Essendon. It's very far away. Lady in Essendon. It's ages is, away. Is, is, and it's just jumping into that intimacy, right, that comfort to jump into that yes. intimacy. I think that's the measure. That's very telling, isn't it? And mm. it is so amazing when you, because I do have a few friends that I see extremely rarely, but it's the, the old cliche of it's like no time has passed. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. But the thing, so so, I really treasure you know those friendships and and have them as a really I suppose a really core part of my life. Like it's it's very at the center. But I think the older we get, the more that core shifts. And for some people, it's their work, and for some people, it's their family, and it's just whatever kind of buoys you. And for me, it's I guess just the way my life has played out. That is my central boy. Mm. Sorry, kids, you're not very good company. They're, yeah. <laughs> They're not your friends, Claire. They're not my friends. When they get a bit older, <laughs> yeah, 10, 11, <laughs> you could go actually dump on them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when they, yeah, when you can both talk about boys, maybe yeah. then they'll get interesting. <laughs> but, Bron, you have it, you're, I think this is why this is interesting, I think having a third perspective in here, especially, Claire, you know, your career is just amazing and you're quite well known and, you know, you're at a, a point where you probably have thought about this and and that balance a lot but you're saying that you know you have people who you see very irregularly don't love chatting on the phone so do you find that do you can you can make or maintain close friendships in those distances and with all your priorities yeah oh that's okay that's there's a lot a lot of questions to unpack there. Like yeah, that's a questions. lot there's so many one. questions but yes I've got a few Dear friends, and the friend who's in Adelaide is about to move to LA, mm-hmm. so it'll be even more challenging. But I feel like because she is very much a no time has passed friend, yeah. it will I still be able to feel like she's one of my core great friends. Mm. But I am lucky to have people who are conveniently down the road from me, gesturing to both of you, and also you you know people a few really close friends who I are also in my industry so I'm mm. able to um I mean it's not just that we wait to be on the same lineup but there are people who keep the same hours in the same sort of locations mm. as me so it's easy for example for me to see Cal quite regularly because we keep the same hours we just have a similar we both have a family 
We've both got school drop-offs. We've both got evening performances. We even see each other at airports sometimes, you know, because that's the nature of the life. Anyway, yes, I've got, I think if all of my friends were in Adelaide or LA or, you know, if, if I had nobody in Melbourne, it would feel like there was something missing. Mm. So, yeah, if, if, um, you know, like I would argue for the validity of these friendships that exist at a distance, but I couldn't exist off only those friendships. And there have been a few times, and certainly during the pandemic, I'd feel, I think there was the, like, Bron, you were in Brisbane and Sue was in Adelaide. I remember when we were in a 5K radius, like Cal was just over 10Ks from me, so we couldn't oh. even meet at a midpoint. Oh, God. Oh, and and we could have. I can't believe we were so compliant. I'm like, yeah. I reckon <laughs> we probably could have just gone 500 metres further each and mm. stopped being such sillies about it. But, um, yeah, I do, I do remember those points in the pandemic where I was like, I'm desperate for the company of someone other than my family mm. and I and I'm not getting enough of that you know anyway yeah I don't think I answered your question so maybe just re-record the question no no I think you said it was great I think it was well I think what you're saying well I I love the mostly the bit about you falling down with the clogs no no I love the (laughs) bit about uh, how you uh, how you said you you and Cal have so many like the Venn diagrams just like Mm. almost doesn't exist this is one circle and it's Claire and Cal in the middle Mm. because there's so many things in your lives that is similar Mm. And you get it and so there come, and I think that's really important, friendships for me is like that lack of needing to explain something to someone. Mm. So I found that when I became a mum, some of my friendships with people who weren't parents, they kind of suffered a bit because it was I probably didn't give them the benefit of the doubt of being understanding so I just let that friendship kind of fizzle out. Um, But they probably did understand if I'd just said hey I might have understood probably would have you might have also been thinking back to how you looked at parents before you were a parent yeah Yeah. and and thought yucky 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 and thought oh I didn't understand this so how can I expect them to understand this absolutely it's all you're just we're all just projecting aren't we all the time yeah Yeah. but even now that I mean comedy if I feel like if someone else isn't in comedy I'm like oh okay cool so it's really hard for me to explain that like even Lucas Lucas and I really struggle with my comedy where I'm like I just have to go to this gig or this gig is um I need to prepare for this gig or I just have to whatever and he's like can you just pick less gigs or can you just take less gigs and I'm like ah then the people are going to get ahead of me and I'm trying to prove that I deserve to be there too even though I'm a mum. And so like, I, for okay. me to try and show that to someone who isn't in my household, like say Claire, even though you've never said you take too many gigs, um, I'm like, Claire, remember, you're banned from them anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I feel like that sometimes, and this is, my, this is absolutely my fault, I feel like it's too hard to explain it so I just let it, let it fester until the person gives up. How interesting. Yeah. You mean like gives up as in as in you just well, let that person drift out of your life? Well, yeah, they just end up just drifting out. Do you think, though, I mean, do either of you have any kind of um, uh, awareness or do you kind of push yourself to include people in your friendship circle that are not like you? Do you, you know, like do you, do you find yourself do you, or do you just find that there was more similar to you that somebody is the more easily they are a close friend it's good interesting I think I think I don't know if it's similar in kind of like 
work. I often actually find that the opposite. I don't want to talk about work outside of work mm, because yeah. it's, it's it's just it's too much. Yeah, so. your work is way harder than hoops is on my work. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, too- sorry. Yeah, she's talking <laughs> about I different. didn't but yeah, it is <laughs> It's not, I mean, the subject matter is, is, is intense. but, um, but it, yeah, The subject matter is intense, the fact that there's not flexibility to you can't, like Bron and I, say, oh, I'm just a bit busy at the moment. I'll say no to more stuff. That's just not the way your work works. So you yours is emotionally and temporally a grind mm. more than ours is, I reckon. But it's also kind of more um, in terms of being a nine-to-five. You know, I have I think I've got more... I, you know, I, I feel for that demand of a nighttime job. You know, oh, it's just man. like shift workers and everybody else where your time to just be with your family and, you know, connect and have space is just really, really limited and changed by the dynamic of your work hours. Mm. So that is one thing where I see, you know, being in entertainment, having those careers is really difficult because your time is, is especially when you've got kids and they're daytime creatures, your time would just melt away. And be gone very quickly. They could be mm. gone, and you're like, "Oh God, where did the time go for anything?" But, um, but in, going back to your question, I think not not professionally at all, but in terms of like, you know, obviously it's going to be easy to relate to someone with children. They're going to have a better understanding of that dynamic and mm. tone and tenor of your life, and um, and it's easy to you know move like you know with the Venn diagram of Cal and you know, your Venn diagram it's going to be way easier for you two to relate to each other because it's that shared understanding so there's bits of kind of interaction and understanding I think are critical and they don't have to be you know particular link I mean yeah I've got like one yeah you deal. don't have criteria yeah it's not like you don't meet x y and z but that you need that familiarity of you know some sort of shared experience to be able to connect so and those things probably change as you age as well in terms of what is fulfilling and what you need to feel those what how you need to be understood I suppose to go back mm. to your point Bron, like how how you need your friends to understand you becomes really important it is yeah there is a real conversational efficiency when when a bunch of stuff is similar in your life yeah, yeah. I do have I've got a couple of friends that I feel really different from and I maybe wouldn't call them you know I wouldn't necessarily call them my core but I'm really aware of like I make I th- I think I um I'm not doing it <laughs> I'm not doing it for my own good. I'm not being friends with them like exercise, but I still have a few people in my slightly outer circle. Mm. You know, like one of the things I'm really aware of is I don't want everyone to be too similar in age to me and I don't want to only be friends with women and I don't know why that's important because really when it comes to my core best friends, they are women. And they are parents and they're, mm. yeah, anyway. I, But, you know, I've, I've got a few people in that slightly outer circle and I do feel so enriched by actually engaging with somebody mm. where we don't have shorthand for the conversation necessarily or just in order to find shared ground, you're moving slightly out of your comfort circle or slightly out of mm. your everyday conversations. 
I don't know what my point is there, it's but a, I'm just like, point. they don't I have really... to look exactly the same. One of my dearest mates is a, is a bloke with no, with no children. And I don't think he ever intends to have children. And that's like a huge bucket of stuff where we'll never relate. Like he's yeah, and so never had like... his menses. He doesn't know what that's like. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually really good for you and your mind, I think, to mm. like put aside the usual conversational fare and find common ground with somebody that's like not your usual conversational yeah. common ground. And it stretches you because I know if I hang out with him, I'm not going to talk about my kids. That doesn't interest him particularly. Yeah. 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 Like maybe one out of Exactly. Yeah, and he's very open. He's like, I and love them. I find them really overwhelming. They're hard work. And it's mm. like, okay, we're going to make well, intentional time. Well, me too. That is your common ground. I also don't want to talk about my kids. We are the same. Very tell. <laughs> I reckon I, st- uh, I feel like I uh, feel enriched by just my te- keeping in touch with texts. I feel like that is it. And also I'm really bad at texts. Like I will respond to people way too late, um, days later, and I'm the worst. I actually, if anyone's like, should I be friends with Bron? The answer's no. I'm a terrible one. It is, um, but I, Lucas is like, oh, God, you, you have so many mates that you keep in contact with. Like So just before I came to the studio, I said to Lucas, what do you think about friendship? And he goes, well, I have a very different uh, view on friendship than you do. You think it's really, really important. I think just having a couple of really good mates is all I need. Uh, but you have so many. And I was like, but when do I see them? He was like, oh, you're always texting them. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is my way of like mm. keeping in contact with people. Because I don't have, I actually do not have time to hang out with people. Even if someone's like, can you find, is there some That's why I keep making, I um, keep trying to orchestrate gigs in common with you because I'm like, yeah, well, because then the only we get time. a conversation. Yeah, great. <laughs> Um, uh, so just comedy festival. It'll Bear be great. Hoopers on at six fifteen. Just to reiterate, and then run <laughs> at seven forty. A short twenty-five minute walk between the venues. Um, yeah. Do you think? All right. This this is interesting. Think about your core, like your core friends. Your if the study's right, your three to six core. Mm-hmm. How long have you known them? Hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we just need some thinking music. How long have you known your core? And I'm thinking. They're ranging from like 25 years to a couple of years. And that's the lovely thing about getting older is that you just meet new people all the time and somebody you you, you never, you you never thought of a couple of years ago. It's just like, I don't know what I would do without them now. It's just lovely. Yeah, I think that's because when you ch- you know when you change and you realize you've outgrown friendships, like you know mm. your friend, you and your friend could be like, oh, actually, I don't know if we. Like it's tricky to hang out, mm. and it's okay if we don't, and that's all right. Um, uh, then you know you obviously have grown as a person. Then you find someone who's like, oh, this new version of you is actually exactly what I need right now, and you're like, yes, because yeah. this new mm. version wasn't actually that cool to the last person. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, everyone says so. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Donnelly said so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so if you are, for listeners, if you are thinking about what kind of friend you are and how many you have in your life, I think it's really, it's a really valuable point uh, to um, take a minute to think about because maybe you are doing exactly the right way. And if you are feeling lonely, maybe find new ways to reach out to your mates. Um, And if you are feeling completely not lonely and spending heaps of time by yourself, that turns out is just absolutely yeah, fine. That's amazing. Too. That's amazing. <laughs> no, but like, but also, if you're not feeling, lo- if you haven't identified the bad feelings as loneliness, if you're feeling anxious mm. or depressed, 
thing, you know, like and, and you realise you haven't seen people in a few weeks, then maybe like maybe actually reaching out to your friends is going to help a little. Mm. So that's a, Absolutely. I mean, that's a big call, but I just know that it's worked for me. Yeah. Mm. You know, when I'm, when I'm really in my head. I don't feel lonely. I'm just in my head. No, that's but right. actually Especially reaching after... out to a friend snaps me out a little. Totally. It's, uh, like your family can't really do that very well. Mm-hmm. And also what Claire Marshall brought before with the, um, with you know, post-pandemic, we're all still trying to navigate, especially in Victoria, mm. trying to navigate um, what it means to be in a social situations again. I'm I... a mess. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I go in for a good 20 minutes and then I hide for ages and people yeah. are like, I didn't see hoops at the wedding at all. And I'm like, <laughs> and she was the bride. <laughs> I was hiding. <laughs> yeah. I just went to, uh, so it was my brother's um, 40th oh. birthday on the weekend and he had a three-day event in um, Castlemaine where each day had a theme. Uh, one day had two themes. So the first day everyone had to wear tasteful green because it was St. Patrick's Day and the next day it was like white linen in the day and there was a pub crawl and then in the night on the sa- on the. Saturday- I'm so sorry but this reads like a retirement cruise. <laughs> it does. <laughs> does- it's the white linen day. It was, yep, that was a very fancy day. And then the night everyone had to do, okay, it, this is, it is a retirement. Is. The night everyone had to do a performance. It's a talent show. Yeah, it's the cruise. It's he, a cruise. He had a, he had a land cruise birthday. <laughs> and it was really fun. I and bet. What did night, you do as your talent? So we, uh, so my sisters and my brother and I, my younger brother and I, we did a round, you know, a singing round. Oh, it was <laughs> spectacular because none of us can sing. Mm-hmm. So every time someone else came in and we pretended that we could, so at the start we said it really seriously, like, guys, this Hamish taught us this and Hamish knew we couldn't sing but every, there was like 50 or 60 people there at this point. <gasps> None of them knew how bad we were. And so one, uh, my sister started, my older sister Amy, who is the worst singer in the world. Just when you think, no, I know about, no, Amy Lewis wins. So Amy sang this song, Amy started, and you could feel people in the audience like kind of get worried. I'm like, oh, oh no, she have it. And then my uh, older uh, sister Kasha, she jumped in, and she was she's very very bad as well. So she sang very gently. So people were kind of leaning in, but oh. because of my uh, Amy's booming horrible voice, they were kind of leaning back at the same time. No one knew what to do. Then I came in, then Simon came in, then Rosie came in, whatever. But it was. It was really, really bad and really fun for us. I don't think anyone else had a good time with that bit. But then, <laughs> then Sunday was a whole other thing. However, there were so many people at this event and Hamish is, Hamish is one of those people who just constantly is surrounded by people, always. Always surrounded, this is my brother, always surrounded by, you know, friends, uh, you know, five, ten people at a time it feels like. It's very rare to see him by himself, I think. Um, and so I don't. I used to think maybe I was a little bit like that but I'm just I'm just not because I'm, I was at that event and I, was, I didn't even have a terrible COVID. I was in Brisbane so I didn't have that, like, social anxiety that you all had seemed to have down here. But I felt... How dare you? <laughs> you, yeah, you, guys, you guys struggled. Uh, but I felt overwhelmed by that many people and the amount of small talk that you have to make. Oh, oh. small talk's awful. But they were so lovely. Like these people were really good and lovely and fun. Yes. And I was, everyone was shiny and lovely and I was like, oh, I, to be fair, my son ruined it by being really needy but it was, I like I was like, exhausted after the first night. I was like, do we have to do this for three days? Do we have to hang out together for three days? I'm tired. But that's just, I think people really loved it. So I don't think it's, um, yeah, I think that some people just love being constantly surrounded by tens of people mm. as much as possible and then others, like me, 
probably don't. I just do not. I don't think. Do you? No. Do you? No, but I like. <laughs> I don't but like I, big groups generally. But I, I like it as a. I like it in theory. Yeah. I find yeah. it really exciting at yeah. first, and I'm like, oh, look, look who's here, and look at all the yeah. people I know, and I don't, and I definitely don't last as long as other people. Yeah. I just have to wrap it up and go. Yeah, I don't. I, especially maybe it is a post-pandemic thing. I went to a wedding in December and a few weeks before that went to a 40th and it was the same, like big groups of people, didn't know many of them very well, torture, couldn't do it, left early. Just It's yeah. just excruciating. Mm. I just And I don't know if that's a post-pandemic thing of us. We've just lost our ability to, I don't know, be comfortable in big groups I'm not sure to bolster yes, ourselves I'm yeah, fine in little groups I think big ones yeah, yeah, too yeah. much it's a, it's a weird feeling like maybe this was the real us and we were just better at managing yeah. the real us before <laughs> oh sad no. <laughs> hiding it too. No, I'm hiding. We had no. a great mask before. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's uh, sometimes you're in the mood for small talk and sometimes you are not. Mm. And when you are not, those situations are really, really hard. So what star sign are you? <laughs> no, but yeah. no. Yeah, they go, yeah, I've had that recently. Hang on, what are you, Gemini? Cancer. Who cares? All right. <laughs> Thank you. I just couldn't. Oh, my God. You should call your next comedy show Fundraiser for Cancer. <laughs> oh, my God. Claire won't come. She hates those. No, she doesn't find She never funny. supports those ones. I run out of laughs. You have. I run out of laughter. But something that doesn't make Claire Marshall laugh is school volunteering. And we are, this is our next thing. God, my segues have been second to none, by the way. Neither of you guys have, like, done a single round no, of No, that's because they work better if you don't call attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, oops, we don't know what we're doing. Um, but this so this is something that never makes uh, Claire laugh. <laughs> I've lost it. But we so Claire doesn't volunteer. So I've got two Claires in the studio with me. I've got one Claire who doesn't volunteer. Sorry, and you don't? At you school. Do. Come on, you do, though. Because you gave school. a speech at International Women's Day. Oh, that's not. Is that volunteer? Yeah. Yes. Did you pay for it? Yeah, 3,000 bucks. <laughs> so you <laughs> And then Claire Hooper, who volunteers heaps, and I don't volunteer. I used to volunteer a bit, but I don't anymore. Did you? What did you do? I used to do all the, re- the readers. Oh, oh I loved wasn't it, it the so best. good? I loved Thank the readers in prep. Yeah. When you get to go I would in have and done them. The we couldn't because of the fucking COVID. COVID. Yeah. But, yeah, that yeah. would have been so cute. But, yeah, that's the best kind of volunteering. And I tried to find other things to do at the school last year um and i did i did do a bunch of stuff you did you heaps did. you did a you're comedy like the library fundraiser yeah. you're the library lady yeah. you like taught drama <laughs> you did you taught all comedy my kid went every week well she wasn't technically meant to because it was like one half of the school at a time but stevie, stevie <laughs> could not be deterred <laughs> Um, no, I actually made an exception for oh, her and her so friend nice. Rosa. I was like, you can come every week. Anyway, that was um, an absolute waste of my time, a terrible mistake. Um, the com- Yeah, organised a comedy fundraiser for the school, which was a really interesting thing because just because I think it's really good to know the value of your time. Yes. And so whilst it was a really rich and amazing experience and I really enjoyed the comedy night, you know, like I enjoyed doing it, I do know that that's not technically worth because when you look at how many people volunteered that night so you bring in money at the end for the school mm-hmm. and you're like that is not enough money for the amount of people that volunteered and the lead up time and stress on me so I don't know what my point is I, I think I'll probably do it again because you can't measure community spirit 
you know, like there is something mm. to be said mm. for giving the school community an opportunity to come together and and absolutely some money was raised. I'm not like, I'm not saying it's not a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for to 20 volunteers. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think you made good points there. I think that community and connection is so important for everyone to get to know each other and, you know, to, to be around the families of their kids. That's really lovely. And I think for some people in the communities, you know, they really need it. But the other side of it is the money side. And I would rather, honestly, if they're like, this whole entire year we need X amount of money to do, you know, all these projects, can you give it to us? And I'd be like, sure, I'll give you 50 bucks every month. Yeah, that's fine. Like, mm. And then I don't feel the guilt of not having the time to volunteer and I still feel like I'm contributing to the school because I, I feel terrible. I feel really bad that I'm not one of those parents who are down there. And if I guess I've, if I prioritise my do life you feel, Do you feel bad? I, I just don't think anyone feels that. When you look at the number of people that are volunteering at school, it is a tiny percentage of the school. Yeah. You know, like there are some really wonderful people that put a lot of time in. Um. And so I don't think there's any expectation. I think it's totally understood that most people's lives do not fit volunteering in mm. in that, like especially school volunteering, you know, mm. like maybe on weekends but the kind of, you know, like turning up to the coffee morning tea or doing the school library, like the, these things don't fit most people's it's schedules. It's hours. I feel it's a terrible thing that you feel guilty because I think the people that put a lot of effort in, I don't think they're looking at the people that can't help and thinking why aren't you helping? Yeah. <laughs> it's such an interesting thing though and I'm like I try to, um, I try to talk about this in the show that I've done because it is all about you know, like good deeds and why we do them. And if it is performative and if it is in competition with others, then mm. is it really doing any good? Like it's just such a, of course it is. The, the reality is you volunteer at school, you've raised some money, then you've done something good. But if it's all about feeling better than the people that are not helping, and I don't reckon that is most people. You won't answer And if it's about most... shaming the people that don't do it, you know what I mean? Then yeah. it's then it's really like you can't you're wearing some of your karma out there. You have just posed one of the most important ancient philosophical questions of all time. Why do we do good? And there are streams of philosophy tracking right back to Aristotle where they're like, people only do good so they can be seen to be doing good and it makes them feel good about themselves because people are being like, You're good. And there are other streams which are like actually we're just altruistic because we inherently need to be as social creatures. And Aristotle did a children's movie just recently. It's called Bad Guys. Um, Ed, have you seen it? <laughs> and no, it I haven't seen exactly Bad Guys. The same, this message is very important to Aristotle, which is about uh, so these bad guys who were like, yeah, we're bad guys, it's fine. And they're a gang of bad guys. Um, and then one of them accidentally does something good and he feels good about mm. it and he has like a, a physical oh. reaction to this. Our and children are like, being oh, fed no. this propaganda, Aaron Blaby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's Aristotle. I told you. Let's blame him. Um, and then, and then he's he then just decides. I guess it's a very, it's a great movie. It's very. Funny. It actually feels really good to buy into that narrative. And it's mm. yeah. like like pick it apart if you want. But our communities, our our families, our communities, they all work better if we all care a little for each other. Mm. And it doesn't matter how much it's you know like as in it could just be to appease guilt or to feel the connection because feeling connection is really valuable yeah. for our human brains because it makes us feel safe if we feel connected we feel safe and we feel connected when we help others so it's I mean I don't think there is pure altruism but the fact that we're doing it to not feel bad shouldn't devalue 
the good Absolutely. deeds. Absolutely. Mm. I saw this little boy at the skate park at Castle, Castle Maine. I'm a skater. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I'll have this. But they've been like. She's um, so cool. She is so God, cool. she's cool. But there was a, uh, at the skate park, it was like a Saturday morning and so there'd been a party on Friday Can you night. imagine Penny on a skateboard? <laughs> Sorry, you tell your story and I'll just imagine that to myself for a while. <laughs> oh, uh, but the skate park, there'd been a party there, obviously the night before, with these very reckless youths and they um, had smashed all their bottles and like had a little bonfire of their VB can, uh, carton and there was like, condoms everywhere and uh like hand sanitizer bottles everywhere like it was mayhem what has happened to you? <laughs> I don't know. But we uh, we At got there. Clean. And we there, there was a, a dad there with his uh, two year old and four year old and uh we I turned up and I was like, oh no, um this is does this always look like this? And he was like, No, it's really annoying. So we he he and I spent the whole time just like screaming at our kids like don't don't touch her get away there's a glass there and then this little boy who would have been would have been 11 at best he was walking his dog he came through and he was like oh this really annoys me when the big kids do this (sighs) how are we supposed to skate and then he tied his little dog up and then he went through the thing and he just kicked all the glass in like like, probably not the right thing to do kicked it out into the grass but to like, and he was like saying to the kids, "You could probably go down this one now," but he just kept looking over at the uh, the dad and I, and I don't know if he was like, "Why didn't you guys do this?" or whether he was like, "Look what I'm doing," and I was like, "Mate, you're a legend. Good on you. Thanks so much." And he like he puffed his chest up, took his little dog, and he walked away. Would he have done that if there were people at the skate park? I don't know. But was I grateful he did it? Yeah, unless I walked on the grass later. But I was really grateful. <laughs> For that, for that little kid to do that, and Aww. does it matter that he did it for an audience or for no, praise? Not really, not does all. it? Surely not. No. He taught like Olive was like, "Wow, he's what's he doing?" And I was like, "He's cleaning up for us. What a legend!" So, does it matter that you're doing it so someone's watching? No, nah, no, it doesn't. No, that. I mean, Claire, would you do comedy if no one was watching? <laughs> <laughs> Have done. We'll do again. <laughs> <laughs> Six fifteen at Mantra One until April the ninth. Oh, very good. So I know Marshall, Claire Marshall, you don't have time to do um, the volunteering. That's fine. I can't do it because they won't allow babies to come. Mm. So the it's time- so tricky, isn't it? We, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. there being the conversation about can we get a baby's room started so people with babies can volunteer and it's like just let the people with babies not volunteer, please. Yeah, just like, there's no Give way. them the loophole that means they don't yeah. have to. I yeah. think that's fair. Well, look, I'll, I'll keep being an absolute fool. And I'll, but the great thing is I'll then tell it, I'll talk about it on stage. Don't think I won't. Yes, Don't great. think I won't be telling you about the um, year three, four excursion on stage. No names mentioned. Don't worry. Do not say <laughs> me. But the good thing is also is that you don't have to do this in high school because no parents volunteer anything in high school. Oh, thank God. My experience as a high school teacher for all those years, no, parents didn't do anything. <laughs> well, that's because... We don't love our children anymore. <laughs> They've graduated from love. Also, they just don't want us there. Surely at that age they're like, go away. Oh, on the year three, four excursion to learn about recycling, we ate our lunch. Penny said nowhere near me. How oh. dare she? That is so Volunteered rude. a whole day to impress you. Yeah. You've gone and eaten your lunch with your friends. That is. <laughs> what about your first ever friend? <laughs> I'm sitting here eating my sandwich and I need someone to talk to. <laughs> oh. You do small talk. Yes. What do you do for a living? Yeah. 
What's your star sign? <laughs> oh, Claire Hooper, thank you so much for joining oh, us today. We you, uh, This is the third time you've been on, no? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. thanks for that. Our, Don't you know anyone else? No, nah, right? you're our best nah. guest. We love you. You we should are... only have Bronze and Claire's. I yeah. Who go, who's a Bronwyn Bishop? Is will be in next. Bronwyn Cast. Get her on. Oh, she doesn't she... have kids, but she's great value. She is great. Um, all right. Well, can make it. She's also got red hair. I mean, she just fits beautifully. I know. Bronwyn Cast and I are exactly the same. We've got. Red hair, her name's a Bronwyn. We do comedy that could not be more different. <laughs> so we're twins. Really different. <laughs> yeah. Claire Hooper, thank you so much for coming on. We've been good, Sheilas. Bye. Bye.